Craft Beer Radio, episode 359, on November 27th, 2015. And happy Thanksgiving, everybody, and welcome to Craft Beer Radio. I'm Greg Weiss. I'm Jeff Bear. We have in front of us a couple, well, we have at least one IPA, we have a couple of Scotch Ales and some other stuff uh, that we are happy to drink for you. Absolutely. That was a, a Tom Petty song. Again, we're picking like B-sides and things we mm-hmm. like, and I always had, that song always struck me as well. All right. So, yeah, we, we were done with the boxing theme from last week. <laughs> Which is actually a song from Gillette, which is the weird thing. It was, it was made for Gillette razors. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. Let's start with the Scotch Ales, the non-hoppy things. So Non-hoppy things. This one's 5%. I think we'll start there. I'm surprised it's only 5%. They call it a Scottish export, but it's 5%. Well, this is from Pelican Pound Brewery. This is sent to us by John uh, from Seattle. Thank you, John. Uh, we're actually going to taste another uh, beer for that came from John, which is uh, from where uh, John and I... Had a very nice couple of beers at Holy Mountain, but that's in the future. This is from Pelican Brewery, Mac Pelican's Ale. It is their interpretation of the Scottish style. They use Willamette hops. And here we go. A golden primrose malt, caramel malt, flaked barley, Willamette hops, and pure local water. Tell, uh, what's the name about that? The pure local water. And pure ale yeast. You don't want totally pure water. Oh, Martin, Martin Rees. Yes. Or I think he's just a show for Fiji water anymore. <laughs> what happened to 90H2O? Well, that too, but I'm pretty sure Fiji's paying for some placement on many of his tweets. I see. So the color is, uh, you know, sort of toffee-like, which is what I would expect out of a Scottish ale. The aroma is similar. Um, toffee sugar, sort of a deep molasses and a bit of... Uh, a bit of maybe a little bit of peat, but it's hard to pick out totally. There's something deep. Yeah. A deep maltiness. A rich maltiness for me. Um, toffee, like you said. Uh, something that's kind of... Oh, molasses, actually. I think I'd go with the molasses more so. Just touch... Not... Like a light molasses, not like blackstrap or something right. like that. And um, it, it does have a bit of that, like, melanoidin-type aroma, like kettle caramelization. Something that's, like, deeper, like a, you know, like a sweet... Thick bread crust or something mm-hmm. like that. 16 IBUs. 16 IBUs. Mm. Speaking of IBUs, Dogfish just announced that they have just produced the world's hoppiest beer. What? <laughs> no, it, it it came in. I actually had to analyze it in a lab. It came in at 658 IBUs. That doesn't mean they're, it's the hoppiest beer. Well, that means it's the sure. most bitter. Well, by mechanical definition of IBUs, which is way <laughs> beyond what your tongue can taste. Right. Yeah, but somehow they actually got 658 IBUs in there. They use some kind of like carbon dioxide infused something or another. They had it analyzed, and it's called Hulod. Sounds great. There's like 30. <laughs> Hope you can see the. Uh... You could feel the sarcasm, yeah. as I was saying. You can get like, there's like 30 or something like that small growlers available at the pub, and they're having the Extreme Beer Fest in, uh, in Boston. That's about it. 658 well, IBUs. This, this is a, a, from what you told me, because I didn't try their thing at the, um, at the, rare, at the, uh, Pines for Prostates, but they're, oh. they're getting into some really strange flavors. Oh, man. <laughs> Their Festina Lenta that they had there—that was a—it was a challenging beer. So maybe that's where they're going with the company. <laughs> Should have talked to Sam about that. He didn't know at the time. Oh, there's and there's like a movie that's going with this thing, and Ken Marino's playing Sam in it. <laughs> Is it, I hope he's playing it as Victor Kulak. <laughs> <laughs> You have to read up on it. It's in the the Slack. Okay. But uh, yeah, Cameron playing the video, the film that's accompanying this Hulod. Interesting. It has a really nice malt flavor to it. Um, you get kind of a white bread crust. It gets a little bit barley-like. The hops are coming through just a slight bit. It kind of gives it a little bit of a. Uh, 
herbal, like grassy type note, just like mm-hmm. a little little touch of grassy note. So you're not a huge fan of Scottish ales normally. What, no, this, the weird thing is this is striking me as a brown porter. It it feels like that. It doesn't have a lot of the those peat flavors that you might get from Scottish ale. It doesn't have the kind of whiskey thing that you can sometimes get. It just has a deep darkness, deep dark, you know, melanoidin flavor with a bit of uh, a bit of astringency to it. Yeah, it, it does seem a little bit lighter mm-hmm. than I would typically expect for a Scottish ale. You know, you're not going to get big peat flavors normally. Um, what you, what I, what I do, I mean, what I am I mean, getting that's again, similar. it's not, it's, you know, it's not Scottish ale so much as we heavies. I don't yeah, uh, dislike. Right, right. What I am getting that's similar is there's some. There's not much bitterness and kind of get um, this character where, how do I want to describe it? Um, Is that me that's causing all that back? Yeah, where's that coming from? probably, the fan on my computer's been like running nonstop. I even rebooted it, so I'm not sure if there's something going wrong with mine, but I think that's the fan on the computer. I see, okay, well, sorry, sorry everybody. Listeners probably aren't going to notice it. You know, we're, we have more sensitive ears. It, yeah, now. but it's it's weird to us. Hmm. Anyway, sorry, I, I got into... I, I interrupted you. There's a... Uh, along with the malt, there's something that's coming across to me, and this is something that I've noticed from Scottish ales going way back, and there's kind of something that's a little bit fruity. I mean, it's not quite cherries, but there's a little sweetness there. There's... um. You could have called this a, a brown porter, and I would not have raised okay. an objection. Um, that may mean that uh, they're close in in style. You, I mean, you could have called this a brown ale, and I may not have even raised an objection to it. I just said it's pretty. It, it's pretty malty for a brown ale, mm-hmm. but I would be, see you being able to enter this in a competition as such. Okay, you might not win, but <laughs> I think it has good. Scottish characteristic to it. I'm surprised they call it an export ale because it definitely seems like a like a a lighter version of a Scottish ale instead of you know the export style. All right, so what's next? Well, we'll just do the other Scottish ale number two. This is from a local brewery, Shoebrew. Yep, I picked. This was uh, purchased. Don't have much on on. uh, Don't even have a website, as far as I could tell. Uh, they may have a website, but I wasn't Googling it. Shoebrew, this is a, this is a wee heavy. This is 10.4. So, not, getting... so yeah, not really the same beer. Yeah. When I saw on the bottle it was an export, I thought they were going to be in the same class. Mm-hmm. And then later on I saw it was 5%. And then I tasted it. I'm like, mm, not the same beer. This was a limited bottle release from them. They don't bottle very many beers, so just occasionally they'll do a bottle release. And they also, you can get that at their, at their brew pub. They also have a couple of other places where they uh, put their beers on. But their place is up in Zelianopa, which is north of Jeff. Yeah, it's a small town with a main street just north of where I live. And uh, it's a nice little town. Walk around. And, uh, you know, it's nice having, you know, shops on the main street and Shubu. Uh, I wouldn't say they're anchoring main street, but, I mean, it's definitely a good... Brush, uh, breath mm-hmm. of you know revitalization for the street. Yeah, it's because not only are the beers, uh, you know, I've only been there once or twice. Um, the beers are, are very good, and the food is good too. I remember mm-hmm. they, they make good stuff. Yep, Nano Brewery. They brew on uh, yeah. a Brew Magic. Actually, they upgraded. It's not a Brew Magic. That they have like uh, I want to say a three barrel or two and a half. I don't know. They have big steel kettles now. It still like sits on the brew magic frame, but it, instead of being kegs, it's these big kettles. Yeah. So. so this has kind of a the the color is a deeper copper than the other one. I think there's some fusel alcohols coming off this. Kind of has a, like a hot astringent mm-hmm. type nose on yeah. it. It's not quite Acetone. It's not acetone at all, but it's, it's some kind of other fusel alcohol where it smells like derivative off of that. Yeah, it it's, 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 it's sort of approaching a rubber cement like spell, but it's not it's not quite getting all the way there. Mm-hmm. This has been in the fridge for a while. Um, 
Certainly not fresh. I'm trying to remember when I got it. Looks like... Oh, okay, Pi Day. I released it on Pi Day. Okay, ideally though, it's 10.4% scotch ale. It should think. Yeah. It, it should age well. It shouldn't go bad. Yeah, I don't think it would have acquired these fla- yeah. aromas in the uh, in the bottle. Okay, so at least at the beginning of the flavor, it's not as apparent that kind of fusel alcohol. We'll see if it comes in the aftertaste, but there you get a big malt up front. Oh, it does come in the aftertaste. It tastes like clay. A little, okay. A little Play-Doh-ish. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't bring that dumb pitcher back no. in. I dumped it out. <laughs> and I didn't bring it back mm. in. It's kind of, yeah, it's kind of too bad because I feel like there's an interesting malt character coming here, mm-hmm. but the yeah that that fusel thing is at the end is just ruining the rest of of the beard and it's making it unpalatable. Yeah. Okay, we're gonna pause real quick and we'll grab something else in the fridge too. Yep. Okay, we are back. We got another Scottish ale to try here. Actually, it's a lighter one, so it's not the wee heavy, so it'll compare good with the Pelican. But it's it's heavier than well, I mean, seven point two, so it's yeah. a, it's a stronger beer. Uh, this is from Monday Night Brewing. They sent us this beer and a couple other beers and a whole bunch of ties. That's sort of their their sketch. So we're actually wearing clip-ons yeah, uh, on our you, T-shirts today. <laughs> if you go on Twitter for today, uh, sun, uh, this is uh, Friday, Black Friday, uh, I did a little Periscope unboxing because I opened the box and like there's 44 ties yeah. in the top of the box. I'm like, this is awesome. And uh, so I had to close the box up. Definitely way to get our attention. And I did a Periscope of it and then... Uh, Later tonight, when I was waiting for Greg, I was doing a little bit of an experiment. I was doing hashtag Black Fry Tie, and uh, I posted probably like eight or nine tie pictures. Didn't get any feedback. It was a complete flop. So you never know what's going to work. Sometimes you bomb. The important thing was that you found it funny. I thought it was funny. Yeah. In a fish center kind of way, you know? just like... Yeah, well, yeah. You're, you're trying out new things. Sure, I get it. Um, 7.2% occupied volume, 26 IBUs. Columbus and Willamette. Hops includes cherry wood smoked malt, chocolate malt, and roasted barley. Uh, originally released uh, August 1st, 2011. That's when they started this sucker. Yeah, these um, 2011 might be around the time the brewery opened. Um, I've been following them since they were brewery and planning on Twitter, so I've been aware of these guys for quite a while. This is the first time I've had their beer, they're in uh, near Atlanta. I like their oh they, this is interesting they have in, integration I guess with um, Untapped so now that you can see who's drinking this beer oh, on their website there you go. as you look it up their Best Buy it says craftiest buy yeah. May tenth twenty sixteen I definitely do want to try that Sam Adams like after a month and just <laughs> you know we'll do it in 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 the pre show um, but I do want to see what the difference is because I, mm-hmm. I mean. They made a point, and I want to. Mm-hmm. I I believe them, but I'd like to see what you know what right. the big difference right. is. Beer pours much darker than than the Pelican. It uh, it when you have it down, it looks kind of black, but when you hold it up, it's a beautiful red color to yeah. it. Like ruby type highlights on it for sure. It's really red when you hold it up to the light. I'm trying to work some heat into it since it just came out of the fridge. Probably could have saved it till last, but I wanted to do the Scottish ale while we were on the Scottish ales. This I expect to be smoky because they do it. They have, like I said, cherrywood smoked malt, so you're going to get some of mm-hmm. that character. Got another piece of beer news while we're waiting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Greg wasn't familiar; he could didn't remember Pretty Things, but Pretty Things beer is shutting down there. That Boston brewery. Um, I got to meet Dan the one time I was up in Boston. Really nice guy, him and. Uh, his wife's name uh, it's on the tip of my tongue Tippy no it starts with an M Margaret Margo Martha Martha that's it and uh, I got to meet Dan he's been brewing for years all over the place and he did the Pretty Things project and uh, kind of like how Heavyweight shut down right you know Tom Baker had done his thing done what he thought he could do with Heavyweight mm-hmm. and wanted to do something else and that's what it sounds like Dan is doing with Pretty Things uh, you might, some of our listeners might remember a couple of years ago, I think about two years ago, he did this 
late night Twitter tirade about Boston's pay to play, um, the way like you have to pay uh, a fee to get tap handles and bars, like it's a bribe. Mm. And so he was he railed against that, and uh, I don't know how much the pay to pay backlash hurt pretty things, you know, getting tap handles around town. But um, I saw the beer scribe uh, Andy Couch. Um, he put some other things. He said like I guess the I haven't. I haven't noticed this, but he blamed part of the reason they shut down was because the bottom fell out of the 22, the bomber beer market. Oh, like really? Bomber beers aren't as popular now or something. I need to look into this more because I'm, it was kind of like, huh, really? That's an interesting bubble burst thing that we could look at. Yeah. So try to, try to if pay that attention. True. Look, look around and look at your own drinking habits. Do you drink less bombers? Um, do you maybe maybe premium price bombers? I don't know, but I need to look and figure out what you We get bombers all the time. We do, but so it's yeah. Okay, so back. This is the um, the Monday night drafty kilt. It does have a slight smoky aroma on it. Sorry for all the clicking. I'm trying to get onto <laughs> my various uh, pages so I can have this information in front of me. Yeah, it smells um, a little fruity, a little bit mm-hmm. malty. I mean, a lot malty, but... Right, right. Yeah, it still like seems way too cold for me. So here, I've got my hands wrapped around this thing. It says it's 53. It tastes like, it tastes colder than that. It's the coldest tasting scotch ale. <laughs> there is um yeah there's a definite uh kind of very deep walnutty oh yeah kind of yeah. flavor to their that um yeah earthy like walnut exterior walnut shell almost yeah no that's a really good call as soon as you said walnut i'm like that's a really good descriptor for what i was trying to figure out um yeah so the the malt really tends towards that there's some smokiness on it there's not something there's not really like that apparently like bready or anything it really Mm -hmm. leans towards that walnut and kind of a mix, you know, there's some of the, like, flesh flavors, but, you know, like you said, like, the shell, the outside, you know, the, it's something just really reminiscent of that. Mm-hmm. You know, like when you're cracking the walnuts and you eat some of the shell, you know. Yeah, it, it's 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 bitter and it's deep. It has some of the oil of the walnut in it, too, though, so it has mm-hmm. some of that fleshy flavor, but not a lot of it. Okay, I finally got this thing to a temperature where I like it. Flavor's more open. Getting uh, some more crusty type flavors you know and getting some some pretty um pretty deep crust type flavors on the flavor um kind of some fruit flavor you know some fruitiness you know like uh something that's kind of like a i mean apple apple okay yeah yeah i could see that i was going towards like like blueberry, but like just just the essence, you know, just not like blueberry juice or anything, but just kind of an essence of blueberry. I don't feel it. No. Looking it feels for, looking for apple, and I kind of yeah. There's a little bit of like a tart, um, like a crab apple. I mean something like, like yeah. a very tart apple, but something there is something a little a little reminiscent of a baked. Apple flavor too, like a little okay. I don't know. It's 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 hard. I'm, I'm picking out like ethereal essences of of, yeah. of, of things. Well, that's it. I mean, that's you know, I was getting something that was kind of vaguely berry-like, and you know, it was kind of like, oh, maybe like dried blueberries. You know, maybe that kind of flavor. Get that at all? Okay, I can see when you when you go into the dried area, you're getting this sort of concentration, mm-hmm. yeah, of, of some of that. That yeah, that might pull through. That works. Yeah, okay. I think that fits better. It's, it definitely wasn't like blueberry juice yeah. or fresh. It wasn't, it wasn't fresh, but he had he had a, he had a, a component of it. So it's 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 not bad. I mean, I'm not a big fan of the style. I'm uh, I'm enjoying it. Mm-hmm. So, it, it 
it's clean beer and uh, pretty pretty easy drinker. Let's see if anything else opens up here before it's gone. Yeah. Uh, no, so Blind Pirate, they, I mean, obviously they sent us these ties. Uh, <laughs> this one's the drafty kilt. It's part of their their shtick for all their beers. They have somebody with the, the tie on. That they have a their slogan. It was somewhere on here is um, "Weekends are overrated." Right. So it's kind of like you know the, their logo is this uh, guy silhouette guy in a suit with a tie loosened. You know, happy hour type yeah. type thing. I was under the impression when they first opened that they. Uh, this is probably this is probably apocryphal. I'm probably wrong, but I was under the impression when they first opened that they brewed on Mondays or something like that. But I don't. I, well, as you get more popular, you really can't stick with that. So I don't right. know if that was ever ever a thing. I mean, I can look at their site and see if they have any explanation about. Let's go to the about page for these guys. <clears throat> Our story. They have a video. Our stories are in two minutes flat. <laughs> so and we're not going to you know go through that, but you can do that. Excuse me. That button not work. I think my cough button's faulty. Hmm. Do you want to do the porter next? Since we were just on something kind of richer and darker? Sure. All right. All right. This is from Hops and Green in Austin. This is a beer that came back with me. Courtesy of the beerists. Thank you, John. And the beerists. Huh. Huh. Looking at their, um, that, that's interesting. They have a whole thing on their staff, mm-hmm. and, uh, and a dog. There's a dog there. Um, dog smiling? Doesn't look like a dog smiling. Oh, <laughs> no, okay. dog's... oh he has a white chin or yeah. something. I'm like, it looks like <laughs> a dog. Dog looks like he's, he's, he's disappointed in you. <laughs> From across the table, in the way your laptop was tilted, it looked like a dog had dentures in or something. <laughs> the dog is looking at, I mean, he's looking at whoever took the picture like, what are you doing Why are you taking a picture of me? You're going to put me on a website, a what? Just toss me that stick. Just give me a Twitter account. <laughs> Alright, so this is the Hops and Grain Porter Culture. So, like, um, a play on horticulture. Yes. Hops and grain. This, uh, this is uh, Dave. Dave, give this to us, or is this from Beerists? Beerists, thank you, John Rubio and the Beerists. <laughs> <laughs> Putting him above the title, I like it. <laughs> All right, so horticulture is statistics. Here we go. 6.5% alkaline volume, 35 IBUs. Is there any milk in here? Lactose or anything? Because it kind of has a milky, like a, has a milkshake type smell to it. The flavor has a really full body. Okay, well, okay, this is interesting. Um, so Pilsner Munich malts, they layer in chocolate wheat and debittered black malt. And here's the interesting part. Uh, fermented with their house lager yeast. Okay. Yeah, this is an interesting beer. I, I jumped ahead and took a sip. I'm going to back out and go back to the flavor. But So the aroma, I'm getting two things. I'm, you know, I'm getting some kind of three things, really. I'm getting kind of the roast. Pretty big zing of CO2. It had, it had amazing head retention when I opened mm. it, too. It poured really thick. It almost like it had extra, you know, things in it that kind of, like oatmeal or something. Something that would kind of uh, add to, you know, the head retention. The aroma, it, you know, aside from the roastiness, yeah, I saw that. It, it was canned in February, so it has quite a bit of age on it. Um. <clears throat> we really didn't want to give us the good cans. <laughs> <laughs> he might have picked it up at the store. He went to the store and, and got some of these. I'm not sure what came out of his cellar and what came from the store. But yeah, from the aroma, I kind of get kind of like a 
a, a cocoa, like chocolate milkshake type aroma from it. I'm having a hard time picking things out. So go ahead. Okay. I mean, it's just like I'm getting some, I'm getting this extra sweetness. Like a, you said, um, debittered chocolate malt and stuff, or chocolate malt and things like that. It almost tastes like there's some cocoa in here or something like that. Or smells like there's cocoa in here. It's really giving a lot of different facets on the aroma. You know, a lot to talk about. It's, uh, if you can smell it, it smells pretty good. Greg's having problems smelling it right now. No, I'm smelling it. Oh, I'm, I'm okay. having problems placing it. It's, it's it's hard. There's something... Maybe it's the zing of the CO2. It's a little... Okay. So when you go into the flavor, really creamy mouthfeel. I think it's part of it from the high CO2. And it's kind of a... It's a very, very fine CO2 in this mm. thing. And it might just be kind of like a nitro-type body-type essence to it. But, you know, also the cocoa... Or the chocolate type flavors from the porter is one of the first things that comes off of that creaminess and that's why I'm going so milkshake on this or why I thought maybe it was uh, a milk stout milk porter or an oatmeal porter or something it seems like some of that characteristic is really bolstering the body Greg's shaking his head I don't have shaking my head yes I don't have much to to add to that um my senses are being a little scrambled by it. Okay. I'm, um, there's something. I normally like a, a zingy CO2 and a high CO2. There's something very carbonic mm-hmm. about this that is. Oh, swirl it. Yeah. It's easy to fix. Yeah. Usually I'm the one working the gas out of the beer, but, uh, when I popped the cap or the pull tab on this beer, the the foam kind of did come up out of the can. It wasn't a gusher by any means, but yeah, it's definitely a highly carbonated porter. I wonder if that's because it was old. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not tasting residue. I'm not tasting any serious oxidation or any oxidation or anything. I mean, I I'm really enjoying the flavors in this beer. It does not taste like it's. 10 months old. No, but I'm, I'm saying, like, it, if there was a bit of yeast in there, yeah. it could uh, just add it to the yeah, carbonation. It could have been, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm just saying, it doesn't taste like a 10, it doesn't taste like it's been sitting on a shelf for 10 months. It, it tastes pretty fresh to me. Okay, that was a little better. I think it worked out on the carbonation. Um,. Does it still have a full body to you, or is it is it more typically porter now? Well, I mean, because like as if I'm taking it, it feels like milk stout type mm, territory. It, it loses the creaminess; it gets okay. more, it gets uh, more gritty texture. Okay. Um, I'm hesitant to swirl it out because I really like where okay. it's at now. Uh, well, you can have a sip of mine. Sure, it should be free of contaminants at this point. Yeah, it it has has the mouthfeel mm-hmm. that is typical for a porter mm-hmm. once you swirl it out that much gas. And now I'm getting those idea uh, porter flavors I do like the mm-hmm. the deep sort of chocolatey. Um, I was still getting a little bit of that molasses, a little bit of that soy sauce, a little bit of, you know sort of deep mm-hmm. umami. Um, yeah, I've heard about hops and grain. I think I probably had one of the beers on draft down in Austin, but we have not had stuff on the show yet. Mm. And um, this is kind of living up to their reputation. This is pretty good. Yeah. That is good. I do like it. Once once I got that carbonation out, it uh, it, it, slot, it, filled, it got into place and filled it very nicely. Right, right. Okay. Good rinse because we're going IPA next. Back to the the Monday night. Yeah, so this one's called Blind Pirate. And this is their double India Pale Ale. 8.2% occupied volume, 85 IBUs. Simcoe, Willamette, Columbus, and Cascade Hops. And the grain bill is interesting because it says Maris Otter as a base malt. Maris Otter is normally used in ESBs and the like with Munich caramel and a smidge of wheat. That's an interesting malt bill. Oh, so the last one said Craftiest Buy? This one says Plunder Buy. 
pirates. Yes. Pirates. And it's uh, it's another plunder by middle of May. So both of these beers must have something like a six month shelf okay, life. Okay, th- this is interesting too. Um, so this is also available in twenty two ounces. We ha- we got a couple um, from them. They were twenty two ounces, but not this one. This yeah. one is in a uh, regular old mm-hmm. sixteen ouncer. Twelve ounce. Twelve ounce. The other pint. <laughs> Big, hoppy. Wow, that's a saturated flavor. It's like so much oh. hops, it almost seems a little bit turpentine or something like that. I don't yeah, I yeah, don't it, it I don't have... think it's I don't think it's fusel alcohols. I think it's an abundance of hop oils. I think you're right. But we'll have to see. But like first sniff, it's like Whoa, is that fusel? No, I I think that's just crazy hops. It's almost as if it's uh <laughs> Approaching Dord from the other way. <laughs> and through the back door. Yeah. <laughs> Approaching Dord the back door. Like, instead of being sulfury, it's just more deep and... I mean, it is sulfury, but it's not the same kind of... It's, so I'm getting an orange out of there. Like, so the, the smell is almost like a... It's not bergamot, but it's like some kind of like orange oil or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah, like like those cleaners, like a concentrated version of some of those cleaners that have orange juice in them. Yeah, as I as I take a more careful sniff, it stays away from the turpentine. It's a beer. It also cleans your windows. <laughs> as I take a more careful, if I take a robust sniff, it kind of goes into this woody turpentine thing. Um, but take a more careful sniff. It stays with volatile, like, citrus oils. It smells almost like, if I do that, mm-hmm. it smells like green oranges. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. underripe oranges. It's not as touched with the hops aroma, that's what <laughs> Big orange flavor. Doesn't taste fusily. It doesn't taste tr- woody or turpentiny. It gets. It starts out like with the hot, the orange juice, like the juice of like a, a really ripe mandarin, and then it kind of gets a little more into the oils at the end of the flavor, more into like zest and you know zesting the orange and things like that. I see why they went with the the malt edition that they did. Mm-hmm. Oh, they yeah. they went for a deep, uh, toffee. Toffeeish malt to to compensate for this over oil, like it, yeah, it almost feels oily on the tongue. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's how present the oils are. Uh, I I don't know if if I could say I like it, but I do find it very interesting. It is interesting, and we'll see as I as I take more sips, we'll see how it builds because my second sip. When I pulled it in, got a little towards that oversaturation yeah. point where it was getting to that kind of woodiness again, that turpentininess. Uh, yeah, but I'm fair. I'm really confident that that's not coming from a fusel alcohol type fermentation problem. I think it's just from the ridiculous amount of hops that's in this thing. Cue the music. Okay, or not. Oh, I I turned my sound down. I forgot (laughs) about that. Oh, you know what this means. (laughs) Today's Black Friday. It is. So come on, shop. Shop, shop, shop. But before you start shopping online, go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. It wasn't Amazon.com slash Amazon. No, it's not. Okay. I'm not that drunk yet. Shop, shop, shop at craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. And all your shopping needs will be fulfilled. It doesn't cost you a penny more. Because we drove the sale, they give us a slice of the uh, profits. And, Notice you were uh, commenting earlier today about how Echo wasn't cheap enough for you to buy. Yep. Well, we can talk about that in the post show, yeah. but $150 sale for Echo doesn't seem... when when It's a device to... It's Siri for your house. It's Siri for... Yeah, it's true, yeah. Siri, it's a buying machine. 
Right. They should be giving that away for like forty nine ninety five. Uh, <laughs> but anyway. Anyway. Uh, craftbeerradio.com. Don't you want to support conversations like this? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. The holiday season. <laughs> this fell apart. Just remember, when you go shopping on Amazon, go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon before you add stuff to your cart. And that's all we need you to do. That's it. Helps the show. Helps us do all kinds of awesome things. <laughs> dance, monkey, dance. All right, back to this interesting, interesting beer from Monday Night Blind Pirate. Well, it's it's strong. It's this is um, so comparing this to the Rebel Raw that we yeah. did. Okay, you know it because they're both like extreme mm. in the amount and how it's hopped, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sure. This one is extreme in saturation. The saturation part of it, where it's um, it will and also the citrus. Like this one is like all citrus all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I haven't mentioned a flavor that doesn't come from. But like to the point where the concentration the becomes um, almost like almost like a repellent. <laughs> Not quite. Well, kind of. Yeah, yeah. I mean. But there's a little bit, so citronella candles. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have it hasn't really drawn me, but I mean, it kind of gets to the neighborhood of a citron citronella or something like that. It is saturated. It is potent, and but it's all flavors that are like really in that orange spectrum. Yes. And the rebel raw that we had last week was that cacophony of. Yeah, it was more raw. confused than it was, a, you know, a concentration. Uh, part of the problem was that it wasn't, you know, it, it wasn't bad. It was just, it didn't have a, a like unified thing it was saying. It was, it was very scattershot. It felt. It, yeah. it did stay away from this like extreme, like 11 on the saturation meter, yeah. which kind of makes it seem kind of like solventy. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Solventy is a great, is, is a great way to put it. It feels yeah, extremely concentrated, like, um, I mean, it, it almost feels like you can taste bits of of, of a cleaner, like or, or like ammonia or something like that coming off. Yeah, of it. but some sips you taste if you pull it in at the right speed, it takes you right up to, you know, nine point nine. The weird thing is, we're not spilling it out. I mean, we're not. Yeah, no, it takes like if you can drink it at the mm-hmm. right speed to get to nine point nine, it's a great experience. But if you get up to ten and a half, ten point nine, you know, then it gets like yeah. feedback, and it's really tough to do that too. You have to really ride a line. Yeah. Yeah, they should have instructions for drinking this one. It is a bit of a razor's edge to yeah. really get the sweet spot on this guy. I mean, I, I don't think you know. There's no flaws. It's just, uh, it's no, just, it, uh, it's what they intended. Well, it's an aggressive uh, hopping, yeah, yeah. and some people are going to love mm-hmm. this kind of aggressive hopping. I think it feels more like it. It it's a little bit like. Um, a really deep clean like sometimes you need that big scrubbing mm-hmm. but in a, in a show like this i really don't want a huge you know a deep scrubbing on my tongue because i feel like i'm not gonna be able to taste things for anything for an hour mm-hmm. after that no the question is can the next beer stand up to our palates which are kind of wrecked right mm. now it, so the beer that we want to drink and i'm to the i'm kind of thinking that if this is like a light and delicate beer that we actually like scrub it mm. <laughs> let's see so we have from holy mountain we got the claret it's holy in, mountain is where I, I met up with john in uh in seattle Great, so it's place. an ale aged in oak barrels it's a sour ale f- fermented in aged uh okay so the, the stamp got a little bit blurry here fermented right? in barrels with our house with Wild culture, refermented on cherries and raspberries, and 5%. then refermented in the bottle with bread. It's going to be, it's going to have dimension right. to it. It's not going to be a, a small okay. beer. I want to pause for a few minutes, kind of get some of this like crazy okay. bitterness off my tongue before we open this beer. All right, we're back. We can taste things. We actually pulled some of that pelican. We had a bomber of the pelican. Mm-hmm. We drank some of that to refresh our palates. And to our surprise, we could still taste it. And now kind of that bitterness, that weight that was on our tongues is kind of easing. So we're yeah. going to go into the Holy Mountain now. 
So, I explained what this was. It should be interesting to try this out. So you had a couple beers at Holy Mountain with John, right? Yes. And uh, do you have any background? Do you have any recollection of what you were drinking? Or is it too long ago? I'm looking up. I think I have a... Uh, at least I took a picture of... I may just have it in my camera instead of tweeting it. But I do think I took a picture of the menu, the beer menu. So if you can give me a few seconds sure. to find that. I'll talk about this beer. It pours pink. It's not an amber color. It actually... So this beer has cherries and raspberries in it with Brett. And there's so much fruit juice that it actually has a reddish color to it, pinkish color. Actually, it looked pinker when I was pouring it out of the bottle. In the glass, there's still a... What would I call that? There's a It's more orange, but there's still this reddish, pinkish hue to it. Poured with a moderate head, starting to fall down. Starting to fall down. Ooh, it has an awesome aroma. It's full of Brett, full of wild oh, lacto. Yeah. It mm. it smells kind of like a Cantillon. The first snip, first sniff, it's like you know, like candy Cantillon lambic is kind of where I went. So Greg's showing me their. So they had a a, a Brett Citra. They had a black beer. Bourbon barrel aged double oat brown ale. Bourbon barrel aged double oat brown. I don't think I had that one. I don't think so. You had a Goza? Hey. I'm pretty sure I had that. How about that uh, Goza me on our Twitter? Oh, uh, that was so uh, fun. <laughs> was it Ed? Is that who that was? I, let me look it up. Uh, he, he's basically... We had that Rubens bruise last week, right? Yes. And, uh, you know, at a, three years goes a fast was the name. And he made a complaint about a goes a puns. So, of course, what are we going to do? <laughs> as many. <laughs> That's just inviting me to. Goes a puns yeah. as possible. So, yeah, so it said, no more goes a puns said to us. And so, yeah, I think I started with. Well, there goes the neighborhood, and so it just it just ran now, from there. Now, when he went from using Goza to, um, you know, you guys are really worth your salt. That was a brilliant <laughs> yeah, yeah. pun, and I was able to use the same kind of thing later on. Like, are you souring on this uh, conversation? <laughs> I kind of like sticking with the Goza because, mm -hmm. like, when. Uh, when Scott got involved, Scott from East well, Denver. Scott is a pun magnet. Yeah. He can't he can't goes up past the pun without picking it up. Uh, so he says <laughs> sorry. Uh he said um a couple things, but one of the things he said was and of course the perfectly pronounced here it goes again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh and so I said with that it goes a little something like this. I wasn't going to put a hit it on it at the end, but I felt it was. <laughs> it's kind of like cutting off your goza to spite your face. Mm, no? You didn't no, like that one? No. Not a huge fan. Easy come, easy goza. That, that's better. That goza without saying? I think that, because you said goza for noza, where I think that you still need to keep the g part. Uh, see, I thought it was smarter by getting rid of, instead of just replacing goes with goza, I was doing another rhyme, but anyway. Well, I did that too, rose before goza, and I, I, I liked keeping the alliterative part of it, where you keep the first, the first bit of it. Okay. Oh my god, this smells it does smell good. bonkers. This is from John. John sent us this beer. That's a guy that sent us the Pelican. We did a beer with the Rubens last week. Mm -hmm. And that's the guy you met up with when you were out in Seattle. Or one of the guys you met up with when you were out in Seattle. One of them, yeah. Okay, so the aroma, there's a funk there, you know. I'm getting a bunch of different things every time I sniff it. My most recent sniff was a washed rind cheese, kind of like a Limburger or something like that. But there's also some raspberries coming in the aroma. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that good, huh? Yep. Man. 
Yeah. <coughs> <coughs> sounds <laughs> from your coughing, it sounds acidic. Yes, quite. And <laughs> does it dig into that throat? It certainly does. It 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 has all all the things that you want in a in a in a real wild. Um, all the things that if you're into sour beers like we are, um, it it, it hits all those buttons. Oh my right. god. <laughs> It's not as blatantly sour as the aroma of the lead. There's a kind of a honey flavor. You know, I'm picking out like things I wasn't expecting. Honey is the first thing that I wasn't expecting. But it's got deep, like a big um, acetic. The raspberry into... goes into strawberry rhubarb. Remember, it's, it's refermented on cherries and raspberries. Well, sure. Up... But I mean, from like I'm, I'm taking the raspberry and I'm thinking of like green strawberries i'm thinking mm. of rhubarb you know i'm getting flavors all around those oh greg's taking the tie off sorry I just, time to leave the tie <laughs> got 30 43 other ties over there if you want to try one <laughs> yeah i'll wear i'll wear a regular Can you, you, you're gonna tie that around your uh, headphones that's <laughs> <laughs> no, true i didn't think about that okay so can you do double windsor uh can i do a double windsor maybe Oh my gosh, this beer is bonkers. This is the Claret from Holy Mountain. As we listen to Greg tie his tie. That is, oof, that is pretty big. Oh my goodness. Okay, I'm going to ignore Greg tying his tie and try to (laughs) focus on the beer. I haven't done a double winter in a while, so. Uh, I was trying, before you came down, I was like looking at diagrams, trying to figure out how to tie one. And I, I, I did the methodology, but uh-huh. it, it was not a very pretty looking No, one. it's, it's you got to do really good at it to get it right. So yeah, it looks pretty good. Better than mine. <laughs> Man, that's yummy. There's kind of a, a strawberries and cream type character to it. There's the tartness. I like how the tartness isn't too acidic and like tearing your cheeks out. Yeah, it's really going like directly mm-hmm. at your the top of your mouth and yeah. a little bit of your cheeks, but not like your entire mouth. Yeah. Sits on your tongue a little mm-hmm. bit, but it doesn't get out into the cheeks. My goodness, John, thank you. This is beautiful. It's really good. It's really good. It's only five percent ABV too. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's get on to our rankings. Wonder what the session version of this would be like at eight <laughs> percent. All right. Um... The top two are easy for me. It's the uh, the ones in the middle that are a little bit harder. I sort of agree with you. I'm pretty sure. I'm, I'm, I'm going to start from the top just because I know those ones. Uh, this Claret, it, it's bonkers. It's yeah. a bonkers good beer. Um, so many flavors. It's not just sour. It's bringing through that... Like, uh, strawberries and cream type flavor it's bringing you through excuse me um i'll have to take another sip here to remember the other things but it's so good uh number two is the hops and grain this um porter culture that was very good you know i kept talking about how the co2 was such fine carbonation they almost had this body enhancing nitro type character but for me it was better than nitro because i'm not a huge fan i think nitro washes out flavor and this one was able to keep much of the flavor greg preferred it with less co2 but it really hit me well i really like that beer in third place i'm gonna put the blind pirate um interesting i thought there were some really neat things going on there I'm kind of it's it's very it's a virtual tie with fourth place, but I thought there were some really neat things going there. I like how they were able to super saturate that citrus hop flavor, but yeah, there was definitely a razor's edge of whether it um, 
was too much or not. In you know, actually, you know what? Let me let me step back here. I mean, the bottom three are closed, right? I, I think I'm going to shift them around a little All bit. Right. Uh, no, no. Um, I really liked how they were able to super saturate that hop flavor. The, it was a it was a peril getting too close to that woody turpentininess. You know, you had to be careful about how you drew it in. Uh, and I think the Pelican was really drinkable. Put that in fourth place. Pelican, um, McPelican's Ale. Really drinkable. I don't think it was so much Scottish as just a mm. good drinking beer. You know, I mean, if we we're judging this two style, I think I'd probably put the Drafty Kilt in front of it. But I really just like the overall characteristic of the Pelican. And then I'll put the drafty killed from Monday night in last place. But it's a hard luck loser. I, I think that these beers, uh, other than the, the shoe brew that we kind of disqualified from the show, were, were all good beers. And the bottom three were virtually tied for me. So I'm going to go from the bottom to top. Number five is going to be the Blind Pirate. It really did feel like it, uh, it did oversaturate me to the point where it got kind of uh, um, troublesome. Okay. Uh, so, while well, while there may be people who appreciate that, not really my cup of tea. So I'm just going to put it in last place. Uh, I'm going to go with the Pelican next. Really did uh, like the Pelican, but it, um, I, I think the other beers were a little bit better from it. I think the Drafted Kilt was a better example of on style, like you said. But it, it was something that I, I actually did sort of appreciate where it was going, and I didn't. Uh, I, I liked it. I, mm-hmm. I liked it uh, considerably. So. Um, that that gets some high points for me, but uh, one and two were sort of on, on other levels. The uh, number two hops and grain really did appreciate. Once I got that carbonation out of that sucker, it was uh, definitely really good, and I really liked what it was doing. But uh, this Holy Mountain <laughs> tops really well done. Awesome, thank you, John, and thank you, Holy Mountain. Good stuff. Jeff is plugging in my laptop. Oh, the fan's running. No big deal. No. Drain the battery in less Ooh. than an hour and a half. Awesome. All right. Thanks, everyone, for Crafty Radio. Technical difficulties happen when you... Oh, really? You want this one? What go with? I don't know much time. I would have gone with Breakdown. All right. I can do Free Falling. Nah, I would have gone with Breakdown for my another song. Hey, last dance, Mary it's not that bad. Just overplayed. Yeah. It's a simple chord regression. It's, it's mm-hmm. easy. I kind of like how it has done. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening to Craft Beer Radio. And uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. If you want to contact us, Twitter is our preferred way, at Jeff Bear, at CBR Greg, at Craft Beer Radio. Email beer at craftbeerradio.com. And uh, shop on Amazon at craftyradio.com slash Amazon. Mmm. It's more than they've seen. Mmm.